She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Meet the Authors of the Anthology in the Pursuit of Fearless Living. Today, we have an amazing woman with us, and we are going to just jump right in and get to know her. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. So let's start with your name and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name is Nairi Williams. I am a native Detroiter, but I reside in um, Georgia. I am a mother of two. I have a beautiful grandson, and I am the executive director of the Attitude to Empower. Awesome, awesome. How would you describe yourself in one word? <laughs> um, determined. All right, and why did you? Why would you select that word? The reason why I select determined is because um, ever since I was a child, opposition was always ahead of me, and so I had to overcome so much at an early age that quitting was never an option. So I had to become determined. What would you say has been your your biggest failure or your biggest challenge that you have overcome? And what lessons did you learn from them? My biggest challenge, I would say actually was education. Um, I'm dyslexic. And so it wasn't caught early on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the term fake it till you make it, I learned to um, memorize. I have older siblings, so we went to some of the same schools. So we had some of the same teachers. So it became easy to memorize some of the classworks and um, memorize the tests. Mm-hmm. And because I would listen to my older sister um, do her reports, it was easy for me to memorize um, her reports that she would do. And that is how I made it to high school. And it wasn't caught until I was like a junior in high school when they actually realized that, hey, there's definitely something that we missed early on. If you could give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what advice would that be? (laughs) Wait. Wait to grow up. (laughs) Wait to grow up. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw this TikTok and it said that the worst hood I've ever lived in is adulthood. <laughs> yes. Very difficult hood to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kids nowadays, you probably can relate, you know, with your own children. They want to grow up so fast. They do. And they have no. And then once they get to that point, they're like, wait, can I go back? <laughs> <laughs> and then they realize it's way too late. Yes, it is. Yeah. What is your favorite um, form of self-care? Prayer. Prayer is my favorite form of self-care. There is absolutely, I've tried, <laughs> I tried everything. They say bubble baths. They say mm-hmm. meditation. Bubble baths, it relaxes you. But after the moment is done, after the, what they say, the smoke is clear. Um, you find yourself right back. So you can't take a, a hot bubble bath with you everywhere in life. But you can take prayer with you every step of the way. You know, and I like that. And I like the description, the way you described it, because some of the ladies have said prayer. 
but they haven't explained it the way that you have. You know, it's like, yes, a bubble bath is great, but it lasts for what, 10, 15 minutes? Exactly. And then after that, what happens? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. If money was not a factor, what would you do with your time? Oh, if money wasn't a factor, I would literally be doing exactly what I'm doing now. Mm. I love helping others. Um, as an entrepreneur and a small businesswoman who is a happens to be um, African or Caribbean descent in America, having a nonprofit is hard. But I still love what I do. I love helping people. And if money wasn't a factor, I still would be doing this. Um, I used to think that I want to be a psychologist. And I had geared myself for a long time to go to school. I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to help people. And when that didn't happen um, because of lupus, I had to rethink life. And I said, how can I still help people if I'm not on a couch? Because I really thought my life and dreams were over. And again, being determined and understanding what God has called me to, I prayed and I asked God, I still want to help people. How can I do that if I'm not a psychologist? How can I do that if I'm not, you know, sitting on the couch talking to people, helping resolve their problems? And he showed me that there's many ways we can assist people without having to be a psychologist, without having to be a doctor. Um, meet them where they're at. And that is how we can make a difference. I like that. I like that. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, wow. In five years, um, I see myself as a published author. I see myself as a public speaker. And I see myself making an impact across the globe. Well, you already are a published author. because you am. <laughs> <laughs> so we can check that one off the list. <laughs> what keeps you motivated and what... What are you and what keeps you passionate about what you do? Oh, wow. Okay. So my motivation and I know some parents say, oh, my kids keep me motivated. No, they don't. <laughs> I, I realize that I'm not doing it for my kids. Mm. I'm doing it for me. I took out time to be a mom. Yeah. I've been an aunt. I've helped the community. This is who I am and this is the Thrive is for me. I made a promise to myself that I would make a difference in my life. And throughout the obstacles, throughout the lupus flares, throughout the hospitalizations and different surgeries, I'm still going to abide to that word that I made to myself. That's what keeps me motivated because I'm not happy where I'm at. And because I know that my current situation is not my final destination, I'm going to keep thriving until I reach my goal. Mm, I love that. I love that. So shifting gears a little bit, why did you decide to say yes to this anthology project? <laughs> okay, <laughs> funny story. Um, my oldest sister, Kelly, hey Kelly, um, she's a published author and I used I always looked up to my sister where not look, you know, I could look down at the top of her head. <laughs> but um, <laughs> short joke. <laughs> when I saw when she when she sent it to me, I overlooked it and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's nice. And she was like, no, I really think you should do it. You really have a story to tell. And I sat there and I was like, hmm, yeah, I could. No, 
oh, I'm good. I don't think I want to share my story with people. And she says, but it's not my story to keep. It's my story to tell. And I cried because the Holy Spirit was like, who told you it was to keep it? Nothing that I went through was for me. It's always to bring somebody else up and out of that current situation. And I cried because I was like, okay, God, deal with me so I can say yes. Before I knew I was like, yes, okay, I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What is one key takeaway from your chapter that you want our readers to capture? Oh, okay. So (laughs) the debate um was the um chapter i would take is the adolescent portion of after the rape where did i go i didn't know who i was so i thought in that mindset that only thing i can offer somebody was my body but not realize that i was taken away from my mind and my spirit at the same time and I heard the backlash growing up from um, people of all color, people of all ages. Oh, she's a thought or she's a whore. She's a slut. She's a tramp. But I I had a confrontation with a woman before and I said, what if I wasn't a whore? What if I wasn't that word? What if I was, I, I was broken? I'm troubled. What if spiritual task was tied to me early on that I did not know who my identity was in myself or in Christ or as a woman in this world? And hi, I have a strong drug problem. And they ask you your drug and you say sex and they laughed at me. Mm. People laughed at me and said, sex is not a drug, but yes, it is. Because I broke laws on so many spiritual level, not legal level, but spiritual level laws. I defied who I was. It changed my behavior. It identified my personality. It's a drug. I think just holding that for that moment, it's important. It is. Without telling us too much of the story behind your chapter, what three words would you use to describe your chapter? Um, it was heartbreaking, soul-ripping, but also soul mending. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Was it difficult to write your chapter? And if so, how did you get past the emotion and the feelings to just push through it? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got me crying. Um, it was difficult to write about it because I didn't realize I wasn't healed from it. Mm. I pushed through because I look at every young lady who has silenced themselves who have hurt themselves who has taken a life because they felt that they had to suffer in silence um i used to call myself silent cries because i would hold this in not realizing that it was actually damaging my relationship with my own daughters and i couldn't rest because I, I had mistrust in my heart. And so that rebuilding stage was like, whoo. 
if I can help somebody or make a difference in somebody's life, then make them let them know that little girl, little boy, man, woman, you're not by yourself. That's powerful. That's powerful. So now that you are a published author and that you have written a chapter in the book, do you think that you will write a solo book in the future? Um, yes, definitely. Um, and it, the title is going to be called What If I Wasn't a Ho? <laughs> and well, it, you've already started the process. Yes. <laughs> and it's meant to heal young women to identify that we're not none of the names that people call us. We're broken. Mm-hmm. You're not a victim, but you're a survivor. Because the difference between a survivor and a victim is the mindset and how you choose to heal with what occurred. That's so true. How you choose to heal and what you do with those lessons. True. <laughs> true. For yourself, for example, you're paying it forward because you're sharing your story so others can heal. True. So I'm very big on celebrations, celebrating yourself, celebrating your accomplishments, no matter how big or how small. So how do you plan to celebrate yourself in this big accomplishment of becoming an author? I haven't really thought about that, actually. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess it's, it's, it's different because I was, unfortunately, throughout my life, I wasn't the one who was, I'm crying. I wasn't the one who was always celebrated. Mm. Um, my goals and my accomplishments were pretty much done in the dark. So this is a big accomplishment for me. So I, I really want the world to know that mm. this is more than just a book. It's more than just a chapter. It's a lifestyle change. Mm. I love that. I love that. So I see, you know, if you have a backyard, I see a big party in the backyard and you know, all your close, you know, family and friends, everybody being live. And definitely. Spreading. Yeah, that's beautiful. What has been the biggest, the best advice that you have ever received? Give it to God. <laughs> Give it to God. <laughs> I don't care what was going on. Somebody always managed to say, give it to God. Hmm. That is, that's the best advice anybody can take. If it's, if your life gets too hard to stand, get on your knees. What has been your biggest accomplishment? Um, I'm a lupus survivor. (laughs) I I survived lupus. I feel like that's a big accomplishment for me right now. I overcame homelessness twice and I overcame 17 lupus flares that were supposed to end my life so i feel very accomplished i have children when doctor said i would never have children um i finished school i finished i'm a graduate of uh, grassroots clayton i'm making impacts not just within my own backyard but across the globe and i feel great for being able to even be here enough to do it well, congratulations. That's a lot of things to be proud of. <laughs> Thank you. Be proud of. So as we get ready to close out and wrap up, where can our viewers learn more about you and connect with you? Oh, awesome. Okay. So again, I have a, a nonprofit, the Attitude to Empower. Um, 
I can be reached on Facebook, um, HTTPS forward slash forward slash uh, Facebook.com slash Imperial Mindset. Um, I can be reached the same on um, Instagram. I am throughout Georgia. Um, I have a website, the attitude um, dash to empower at uni.com. Um, feel free to reach me. I'm I am here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Marianne, for having me. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Meet the Authors. I hope that the conversation with Nairi was inspiring and motivating. And make sure to check out her website and connect with her so you can purchase a copy of the book directly from her and get to know her a little bit better. Until next time, remember that you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and motivating. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous prize at the end of the month. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my Fearless Living Coach page on Facebook if you are an Android user. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. See you next time.